Welcome back to Disclaimers Aside, a bi-weekly podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisara Amadou, and let's dive into today's episode. to another episode of Disclaimers Aside. Today we're going to be talking about social media, specifically the precarious role of social media in our daily lives. And I use the word precarious because social media can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing, it can be an ugly thing. And I think the most important thing that we do as human beings when we're using social media is finding a balance between the good, the bad, and the ugly. This episode is kind of a little bit of a spontaneous one. It was actually inspired by a sermon that I heard last night. So I'm at home for winter break and whenever I'm at home, I try and go to the mosque on Friday nights. They have a high school and a young adult program on Friday nights. And essentially they bring in a speaker to kind of give like a 45 to a minute sermon or talk along with a discussion and activity afterwards. And then usually they have food. So I try to go to these every Friday just to keep in touch with the religion and just keep practicing even when I'm at home because for Muslims, Fridays are a holy day. So it's just a great opportunity. I usually like to drag my sisters along with me. And last night's sermon was actually on social media. And it was actually funny because the perspectives that were shared, I think last night were very different and contrasting to my own perspectives for a numerous amount of reasons and we're gonna get into that conversation today but I feel like last night I was really trying to just listen as much as possible in that conversation and learn in that conversation and now I have a lot a lot of thoughts so I want to share it with you guys I thought this would be a really fun solo episode but before we get into the meat of the episode let's dive into my unpopular opinion for this week So disclaimers aside, this is not the most controversial opinion. I was really trying to come up with an unpopular opinion that I haven't really talked about before that also just ties into the topic for today, which is social media use. And my unpopular opinion is that I have two. It's like a two-parter one. First of all, I feel like not everyone is meant to be on every social media app. I think that especially in the Gen Z generation, there is this pressure to be on every single social media app. And the reason why I bring this up is because in this past year, one of the social media apps that has kind of blown up is Be Real. If you don't know what Be Real is, it's this app where every single day they send you a notification at like a random time for you to take a picture front and back camera. And essentially the social media platform is supposed to kind of bring a little bit more realness into the world of social media, bring a little spontaneity into the world of social media because a lot of other social media platforms can be manufactured. Both my sisters have it and one of my sisters is really trying to get me to download it, but I am stubborn in the fact that I don't want to download it just because I feel like at this point I am on way too many social media platforms. I feel like I post a lot across platforms and I'm at my max capacity and the idea of adding another form of social media even if it is low-key just does not seem healthy to me at this moment. Also another thing that 
I don't really love is I don't love the pressure of posting every single day even though I do post quite often I like the choice of being able to post and that's why I just did not vibe with snapchat I don't have snapchat I used to have it when I was in high school I got it because you know when my parents finally let me have social media I was like okay I'm gonna get so snapchat because everyone else has snapchat I did not like that app at all. I hated snap streaks. I didn't love snap stories. I just hated the fact that the conversations would disappear. And I know that's a huge appeal to it, but I just did not like that because I would forget things that I would say. And I just, I think that app as a whole is not it for me. So I'm not on Snapchat. And while I don't think Be Real is exactly like Snapchat, I think the idea of like, you know, taking that picture once a day kind of reminds me of snap streaks and I could never keep up with snap streaks for the life of me. So for now, I will not be on Be Real. And I think it's just important to remember that you shouldn't, you don't have to feel the pressure to be on every single social media app. I think social media already can be very taxing and can bring a lot of negative aspects to our lives that you should be limiting your social media use as much as you possibly can and focusing on spending that time in the real world. Okay, so the second part of my unpopular opinion of this week is that I feel like social media apps should stop trying to mimic each other or stop trying to outdo each other and stop adopting these features that copy other social media apps. I understand that they're trying to be quote-unquote innovative and make their platforms kind of withstand the test of time. I think a lot of social media platforms today don't want to be the Facebook of this generation and they don't want to fizzle out and die. But I feel like there's a way that can that can be done without copying each other. And the way what I'm an example of this, if you don't understand what I'm trying to say, is that is the the example of Instagram adopting Instagram reels. I just feel like Instagram and TikTok are two different apps and they should remain two separate apps. And Instagram shouldn't be stealing features from TikTok in order to hold on to longevity. I just feel like if people want a video platform, they will go to TikTok or YouTube. And this is really challenging because one of the main features that I love about Instagram is actually a feature that they stole from Snapchat and that's Instagram stories. I love creating Instagram stories. I love posting on my Instagram stories. Honestly, I feel like I spend more time scrolling or watching people's stories rather than scrolling through my feed. And so it's challenging, but I think there can be a little bit of a fine line. When I saw YouTube come out with YouTube shorts, I was like, stop, like, please stop. Because I think adopting features, I guess is fine to the extent of when it starts to, I think, cross or violate the original intent or purpose of that social media app. That's when it becomes problematic. For example, with YouTube adopting YouTube shorts, YouTube has long been known as like the long form of social media platform in comparison to TikTok, which has like 15 second to a minute videos. I think that TikTok even expanded to three minute videos. In comparison, YouTube videos are much longer. It's, it's known as a form of long form content, a platform for long form content. And so to see YouTube adopt things like YouTube shorts, it just doesn't really make sense with the way that the platform has been long used. I think the integration of Instagram Reels on Instagram was a lot more smoother in comparison to YouTube's adoption of YouTube Shorts. But at the same time, I just feel like 
not as many people actually use Instagram Reels as people do on TikTok. And I feel like there should be certain bounds for social media apps to provide different types of content. I think in the long term, if social media apps continue to like adopt each other's features, it's only going to be more detrimental for their overall app because social media apps are going to slowly and slowly become more like one another and they're going to stop standing out as much and I think that's going to lead to people leaving certain platforms because why be on all of these different platforms when you can get one platform that'll do it all. That's just my personal opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think. So let's dive into today's topic. There are a couple different sections that I have for this episode. I didn't really make an outline for this episode. I'm just going to be speaking i'm just going to be like i'm just going to be rambling my thoughts it's going to be just like a raw conversation but i did write down a couple bullet points for the different sections that i'm going to be going through so first of all i want to kind of discuss my relationship with social media when i started using social media to give you guys a little bit of context about kind of what perspective i'm speaking from because i think context is really important then i want to kind of discuss my peer experience with social media being born as you know a a member of gen z then i want to talk about my experience coming from the lens being a content creator just because i think that is a very different experience than the average social media user and then i kind of want to discuss my unique experience being black and muslim because i do think that your racial and religious identity definitely play a role in your experience in the online world I want to talk about kind of some of the dangerous aspects of social media and lastly I want to end off by talking about ways that you can limit the intake of social media toxicity. So those are kind of the topics that we're going to be delving into. Let's go ahead and just start off by talking about my relationship with social media and when I got started. So I was born in 2001. I was born at a time where the internet technically you know was a thing. And technically, there were forms of social media when I was really, really young, like Facebook and MySpace. But those forms of social media, when I look back at them, are very different from the types of social media that we have today in the sense that there is way more of a mass use of social media platforms today than there was before. And it's gotten to a point where our daily lives are a lot more integrated in the online world than they used to be. For example, think about normal institutions like college and the college experience that are so tied to social media use. The first thing that happens when you commit to a college is you need to find a roommate. And how do you go about that? You log on to social media, you follow the Instagram page for whatever class you're in, you create a post kind of about yourself showing pictures pictures that feature who you are as a person, your hobbies, your interests. You write a quirky little paragraph selling yourself to your classmates. And you start looking through other people's pictures and other people's posts. You start DMing people, people start DMing you. And typically that's how you find your roommate. I mean, that is kind of like the modern experience. And that's the experience that I went through, that my sister went through this year, that people around me and all of my peers are going through. Social media is at the core of some of the things that we do on a daily basis. When you think about the way that a lot of people in our generation are learning about things happening in the world that maybe not that maybe aren't covered by the news, that happens on social media in a way that didn't really happen as much before. 
So I think we're in this age where the lines between our reality in the physical world and the digital world are starting to blur. But growing up, I mean, my parents just really kept me off social media for a pretty long time. My dad isn't someone who likes to use social media. He always makes the joke that the only social media he has is LinkedIn. And I question whether LinkedIn is really a social media app. Just because of just like the vibes of LinkedIn, like I don't I don't know about that one, but he the only social media app that he has to this day is LinkedIn. My mom on the other hand definitely is more of a subscriber to social media, but she mostly was on Facebook and then she had Instagram for a while. She's on TikTok. I think she even has a Snapchat, even though I don't have Snapchat anymore. She loves YouTube. She's very much a consumer of social media. My parents raising us really tried to keep us off of the internet and social media for as long as possible. Growing up, I remember being so frustrated by the fact that everyone around me, this was in middle school, had phones, had smartphones, and I had a flip phone, essentially until I was in high school because my parents didn't get me a smartphone until the last week of eighth grade. They got my sister and I a phone at the same time. I just remember feeling like in middle school, like I was missing out on this entire world. You know, part of it was, you know, not having a smartphone, but I think it was more so not being on Instagram where I felt like I was missing out on so much. I just remember feeling like there was this whole world that I just didn't understand, that I didn't know what was going on. And I felt like I was missing out on this huge life experience before I had Instagram. So my parents gave me my first smartphone at the end of eighth grade. But even though they gave me a smartphone, my mom didn't want us to get social media still. She didn't say, oh, when you turn this age, you can get Instagram. She just said no Instagram. I think she said she said no Instagram and no Snapchat. I just didn't have social media. I had a smartphone. I went into high school. I didn't have social media. It wasn't until I was a sophomore in high school where those rules kind of changed. The summer before going into my sophomore year of high school, I started my YouTube channel. I started posting on YouTube. And when I started my YouTube channel, she allowed me to get Twitter because I kind of convinced her that like at the time, I was making videos in the book community. The book, the book community was huge on Twitter and this would be like a way for me to interact with some of the people, you know, in my community and also just like commenting on my videos. So she let me get Twitter, especially since she had already had a Twitter account so she could monitor me. I got Twitter. I really love Twitter. I, it was a really cool place to interact with other people in the community and just make the social media experience feel like from a content creator perspective that it was more than just me posting videos onto the internet, but it was like a conversation that was being had a lot of the times. I had Twitter, I had YouTube. I didn't have Instagram or Snapchat. And then finally, I don't know, I think it was like midway through sophomore year of high school, I convinced my mom to let us get Instagram. And I remember I was so excited to get Instagram because I had spent the past five years or so hearing about Instagram and just not understanding anything. I remember I heard Instagram for the first time when I was in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade in I think 2012 and that's when I heard people starting to you know whisper about it talk about it but it was really in middle school where I feel like it erupted and my curiosity at that point had just been building and building and building and I wanted to know what this social media app was about. So sophomore year of high school, I was finally allowed to get Instagram and I got Instagram and I remember being disappointed at first because I had spent all of these years 
thinking like there was this whole world that I was missing out on on social media. And then I got onto Instagram and I was like, that's what this was. Now, don't get me wrong. I did really like Instagram, but I think over the years, my love of Instagram has grown more and more. I appreciate it more now that I'm older and now that I know how to use it. But at first, I didn't really know how to use social media. I didn't know, really know how to use Instagram that well. I was happy to be on the app, but I think also deep down inside me sub subconsciously, I remember thinking to myself, I've been spending all of these years wanting to be on this social media app and I wasn't even missing out on that much. I think it was just that peer pressure that kind of built up and a culture of not knowing what people are talking about that I think caused a lot of that and made me internalize that for a long time. One of the things that I am glad about in the way that my parents raised my sisters and I is that they delayed social media use for a long, long time because I feel like that inevitably did impact the way that I use social media to this day. I think not growing up with social media definitely allowed me to be a kid a lot longer than I would have been if I had been given social media immediately as soon as I hit the age of 12. I think it allowed me to be creative in a way that I wouldn't have been able to if half my time was being drained by just consuming what people were posting on the internet. It allowed me to come to social media with a little bit more of a mature perspective and a little more control and ability to mitigate my own social media use. I do have a lot of discipline today when it comes to my social media use and I don't feel like I'm the most addicted to different social media platforms. Definitely feel a huge responsibility of that is because my parents delayed my ability to use social media for so many years. My whole world and my whole identity wasn't necessarily just tied to social media. I think I was given the time to not completely discover myself, but like discover a little bit of my identity and who I was and the things that I love before my presence online and on social media. I was able to develop hobbies and passions before I was thrown onto social media. And I think today when we're looking at how children are growing up, they're not allowed that experience or they're not afforded that experience. As soon as they hit the age of 10, they're given a, a smartphone in their hands or even they grow up and they're five or six years old and you see the little iPad kids like they grow up with iPads in their hands and they're thrown into the digital world at such a young age. We don't necessarily know the exact effects because it's, you know, too soon to do research and studies, but I'm sure they've already started kind of conducting research on that right now, but it can only be a negative thing, I think. I think another thing too is a lot of the forms of social media that I kind of came into, I came into those spaces through the lens of being a content creator. So as I mentioned, the first form of social media that I had was actually a YouTube channel, which I think is not the most normal thing for people my age. I feel like a lot of people start off, you know, you open up a personal Instagram, it's a private Instagram. And then if you decide to become a content creator over the years, that kind of happens later on. But for me, it was reverse. It was like I started making the content on YouTube that I was passionate about and I started seeking out other social media platforms as a way to kind of interact with the community that I was trying to build and to also just kind of, you know, diversify my content on a different level. So it was kind of like a reverse, reverse manifestation of like what usually happens, I think, with content creators experiences but I think that also contributes to my perspective and my experience with social media because 
I look at social media in a lot of ways as a tool rather than a source of entertainment. And obviously, like I do find social media entertaining. It, it definitely is brings a huge joy in my life. But I think when you look at social media as a tool that allows you to mitigate and use your time on social media more to your benefit. And that's part of the conversation that we were having in the sermon. Basically, the imam was kind of talking about how social media has a neg negative impact in terms of creating this distorted reality of what is normal, right? People, social media is a highlight reel. Social media is can be very, very manufactured. Even the most raw and real and relatable quote-unquote content that people post online, regardless of the platform, that is intentionally posted. And that's something that even as a content creator myself, I always try and make clear is that you know, social media is a highlight reel. No one's going to post completely raw and unedited anywhere. And I think that it's important to consider that whenever you're thinking about the, you know, the content that you're consuming. And so he was kind of discussing how what that leads to is a lot of discontent amongst people my age and that they grow up with these unhealthy expectations of, of life, of what the life that they want. And that impacts their psyche in a lot of ways. It impacts their mental health and physical well-being in a lot of ways. And it's just overall very unhealthy and just overall very negative. It was very interesting to hear that because I do agree with all of that. But I do disagree in the fact that I think that there are very positive aspects of social media that I think in that conversation were not really touched upon or just kind of left out of the conversation. So I guess that's kind of like where I want to come in with this conversation and just like add to. And this kind of leads me to my experience being black and Muslim because something that we were talking about, my sister and I, like after we left the sermon was we felt like something that the Imam didn't understand is that when you are a part of a marginalized community and the community that you grow up in, you don't see people like you or around you, that damages your psyche. And I think a lot of people in that position turn to social media, turn to the online world to find representation of themselves or to find community, communities of people that look like them. I grew up black and Muslim. I grew up as like one of like 10 black people in my graduating class in high school. I grew up as the only hijabi at my school um, in a very predominantly white area. And so I didn't really find representation of myself, even in the traditional media, like movies and TV shows. That representation is very, very lacking. It has so much so many waves of change that need to happen for that to actually be reflected of existing communities. And so social media is a platform where ordinary people can rewrite the narratives that the world is telling about themselves. That is empowering not only for the individual, but I think also for the consumer. And I think social media can provide communities, bring together communities that are very dispersed, um, especially growing up in the diaspora. One of my friends, Hidayah, has an account called The East Eats. I've talked about it, I think, in a past podcast episode. But that Instagram account is about, you know, reposting a lot of content having to do with East African communities, as well as West African com communities, just African communities in general. She hosts in-person events where she tries to bring different African communities together in person, but also digitally and just sharing different African creators stuff on this digital platform. And it's doing a lot of positive work, I think especially for the African community that 
from my experience, I have definitely felt disconnected from in a lot of my um, growing up. The online world has helped resolve some of those identity issues in a way that I don't think that people fully see unless you have that experience. I think that the Imam coming from like the perspective of being like an Arab man who hasn't had to deal with a lot of that loss of belonging from your people. That is a hole that social media can sometimes fill. And I think it's important to recognize that and recognize that perspective of that. It can be a form to find community in a way that is so important for the diaspora. Speaking to the experience of being Muslim, I think that social media plays a huge role in people's people coming back to their faith, people rediscovering their faith, people people discovering Islam, period, because maybe they haven't interacted with Muslims. And social media is their first experience really seeing Islam. So I think it can be a learning tool. It can be a form of fostering community. It can be a form of creative self-expression that I think is important. And I think the most important thing and the thing I guess that draws the line between healthy and good and positive social media use versus negative and toxic and bad social media use is int intentionality. Intentionality is so important. You as a user and a creator, you need to be thinking about why you're posting certain things on social media. Who are you posting these things for? How and why are you going about that? And also thinking critically about the content that you consume. Why do you think this creator is posting this content? What is the purpose and the intention behind what this person is posting on their different pages or on their different platforms? And do you align with that? Is that something that you want to be consuming and supporting? When I first got onto social media, it was kind of like, you just follow, you know, the people that you know in your life. And then when there was a rise in influencers, you would follow your favorite influencers. Oh, I think she's cool. I think I like her style. I'm going to follow her on Instagram. But it's more than just that. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing the very important value of protecting your peace and how that also carries over on social media. Guard your following, protect your following, go through who you're following and really, really consider, do you want to be following that person? Is what they are posting going to add value to your own life? And if it's not, if you see yourself falling into negative patterns like comparison because of the content that people are posting, even if that's not necessarily their intention, but that's the that's how you are receiving it and that's how you are experiencing things on social media, unfollow people. You have to put yourself first. It's social media, while it has beautiful and positive, important benefits to people's lives, it can be a slippery slope and you just have to know the type of person that you are. It's something that was kind of brought up in the conversation yesterday was there was a guy he just essentially said that like social media use should, should just be you know a reward it shouldn't be something that's in your daily life because discipline is too difficult to aspire to but i disagree with that i feel like especially coming from a muslim perspective one of the key values in islam is discipline what do you think drives a person to pray five times a day outside of believing in a law it's it's the discipline it's the discipline that drives a human being to do anything and i think discipline is an important value that we need to reprioritize in our daily lives i think there's this huge focus on like inspiration and motivation but when motivation fails you what is going to fill that hole fill that void what's what is going to push you to continue 
doing the things that you are expected of. That's discipline. And so I think discipline is an important value when it comes to social media use is like, you have to recognize when you're consuming too much social media. I was talking to my sister about this because she was looking at her screen time, okay, for a couple weeks from a couple weeks ago. And this is winter break, okay? And I've been telling this girl she's addicted to TikTok. Her, on her screen time, it said that she had been on TikTok for 44 hours in a week. That is two days. That is nearly two days lost. Nearly two days. And that is wild because if you think about the time warp that social media can be, if it's not used in the right way, it's dangerous. And that's why I say it's important to look at social media as a tool. Think about the reasons why you're on social media to connect with people. Maybe connect with family and friends that you wouldn't be able to otherwise connect with. As a creative outlet, you know, to, to write your own story, as a form of political advocacy. A lot of movements happen on social media that wouldn't be able, wouldn't be possible without the power of social media. Think about the Palestinian liberation movement that doesn't get the proper representation in the mainstream media. And so people have to take to social media. Think about the Iranian revolution that's going on right now. There's a lot of censorship with that movement in the mainstream media. And so people are using social media as a means to keep people informed and to gather support and to continue documenting the horrifying things that are happening in the world that the larger media is ignoring. It's using social media as a learning tool to learn about you know, your religion, to learn about other cultures, to interact with different people that you wouldn't be able to interact with on a daily basis. Think about social media through those different lenses. And obviously, last but not least, and pure entertainment. And I think pure entertainment is okay. But I think if social media is only pure entertainment to you, then your screen time should be less than that of someone who uses social media as one of those other categories. So really do some reflection on your social media use. Think about the types of accounts that you follow and what you actually find yourself doing when you're on social media. For me, I know that my TikTok screen time needs to be less than Instagram because on TikTok, I'm just doom scrolling. I'm just doom scrolling. Occasionally I'm posting my own TikToks versus on Instagram, I'm doing one of those other things that I kind of discussed. And so my Instagram screen time naturally is going to be higher, but I think I find a lot more value from an app like Instagram versus an app like TikTok. I think it's really important to just find a good gauge between good and bad social media use. And that starts with, you know, again, being introspective. Use tools like screen time and check which social media platforms you are on the most. And think about why that might be. Think about why your TikTok screen time is a lot more than your Instagram screen time or other forms of social media that you might be using for different purposes. And think about how you can limit that. Set limits on your social media use. Force yourself to engage in social media cleanses where you delete apps if they're getting out of hand and retrain yourself, retrain your brain to live your life without being dependent on social media. And I think an important, important facet that you have to remember is that social media at the end of the day is a just a digital interface, right? Like you have to have a life without social media. We're getting to this dangerous point, I think, where people so easily 
create content surrounding their hobbies or what they do to a point where it's like what is your life without social media like if you're not posting this like are you still going to be doing these same exact things and that's i guess something the align that i'm trying to find as a content creator i love reading so much but my love of reading started before i posted about it on social media and it's something that even if i you know deleted all of my social media accounts i would still be doing and i guess i'm just trying to maintain a life outside of social media in a way that's authentic and helpful to me. And I guess it's something that I just want to continue to make a priority in my life. I think also it can be hard because it's like, how are you going to be the one to decide when your social media use is getting out of hand and is dangerous? It is such a fine line that not everyone can recognize. But I guess for those of you who do some reflection and realize that your social media use is getting out of hand that is a little bit toxic i guess i want to you know talk about kind of ways i guess to limit social media toxicity outside of purging and cleansing your following and limiting your screen time once you do a full analysis on your screen time and you know you set app limits on your different social forms of social media i think it's important to take that extra time that is added to your life make a list of like things that you want to do instead of being on social media for that time so for example for me i think my favorite form of social media is instagram it's probably the social media platform that i am on the most with this new year i just decided to set a two hour time limit on instagram like a daily screen time two hour time limit for myself i actually haven't been hitting the limit the past it's been like a week so far of 2023 and I haven't been hitting that limit which has been really nice but I intentionally set that limit because I was doing reflection even before you know last night's conversation and I was thinking about the fact that I do spend quite a bit of time on Instagram and that I want to do more reading in 2023 and I was thinking about the ways that I spend my time and where I can kind of take time from in a way that's going to be better for me and I was thinking of social media as the the place that I can spend less time on in order to do things that are joyful in the physical world. So that was Instagram. I set a two hour time limit. And for me, I wanted to specifically replace that time that I would spend on Instagram with reading because I love reading. It's a huge joy in my life and I want to hit my Goodreads goal this year. Last year, I didn't get to hit my Goodreads goal. And so I would love to hit my Goodreads goal this year. So I think, you know, when you take away that time that you would typically spend on social media, think about how you're going to replace that time and what hobbies that you want to pursue in replacement of that. Because I think that is can be such a fulfilling experience. I think also just developing a critical perspective on social media and kind of learning to gauge and take things with a grain of salt. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, nothing on social media is 100% real because realness is the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think people po post the good and the bad, but I don't think people post the ugly. Which I don't think people should be held to the standard of posting the ugly as content creators because we're human beings too. And I don't think people should be expected to post every aspect and facet of their life on social media. I think that there should be a level of privacy that, you know, every human being is afforded on social media. And so 
I think just remembering that aspect when you're consuming a lot of social media is really, really important. I don't feel like I follow a ton of like influencers and content creators on social media. Like I follow my friends and like, if you're a black muzzy and I like your content, like I'm gonna follow you on social media because I like to support my community. But I think I've just kind of pulled away from following just random white creators because again, I just don't wanna be like consuming social media just to consume it. If I'm gonna be consuming social media, like I wanna think about the intention behind why I'm consuming that form of social media. And so really looking your, at your following is so, so important. I basically obliterated my screen time on YouTube too because over winter break, I just decided to like purge my follow, my subscription box. I used to be subscribed to like over 200 channels. And I finally was like, I can't keep up with my subscription box. I It's just overwhelming whenever I log on to YouTube and I see so many, so many videos flooded in my subscription box. And so I went through and I, in like multiple rounds, unsubscribed to a lot of different channels, some of which I just don't watch anymore, some of which I was just doing reflection and I don't necessarily align with their values or I just feel like I don't need that right, right now in my life. And I would rather spend that time that I would be watching people's content, doing other things in the physical world. And so I purged my subscription box down to like 40 channels, which is already like a lot. But I've already noticed how little time I spent on YouTube in comparison to before when I was subscribed to so many, so many different people. It's great because I log on to YouTube when I'm bored and I'm like, ooh, let me watch something on YouTube. I see that there's barely anything in my subscription box or nothing of interest in my subscription box. And so then I turn to other things like readings or just journaling or writing or creating or doing just doing things that are untied from the social media realm. Following is important and it does in a lot of ways dictate the way that you use social media and how much you use it. I guess in everything, there is a precarious balance that can be found. I disagree with the idea that social media is a fully negative space and there is no value that can be found in it and that it's completely fake. I think parts of social media are real and social media can be a huge change maker in a lot of people's lives and it just has to be used in a way in the right way that is intentional and, and that is healthy for every individual I think your social media use is going to look different from other people's social media use and you just have to do a lot of reflecting on what you need and what type of person you are what are your habits so take this new year as the opportunity to really reconsider and reorient your social media use I hope this conversation was, I don't know, interesting or insightful or got you to think about social media in a different way because I think I came away from last night's conversation with a little bit of a different and healthier outlook on social media. So with that, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you guys aren't already following the podcast Instagram, you guys definitely should. It's at Disclaimers Aside. It's just a community space where we can kind of take these conversations and interact with them on a different platform. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you're not already subscribed and I will see you guys with a new episode. Bye.